welcome to Author Visits, the podcast where writing is for everyone and writers can be all kinds of ways. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm a teacher, a writer, and a reader. Each week, I interview a kidlit creator you love. You've heard writing tips from your teacher, but how do real-life authors do things in their everyday writing lives? I ask the honest questions you need to hear the answers to so that you can put real-life writing tips to work in your writing today. Grown-ups are welcome to listen along, but this podcast is for the kids who are going to write us one heck of a future. Writers, today I am thrilled to welcome to the show author Sadia Faruqi. Sadia, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm so excited to chat writing with you today. Before we dive in, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, I'm Sadia Faruqi. I am a children's author. I write the uh, Yasmin series, which is an early reader series that I am really proud and excited to be a part of. It's I can't believe there are 12 books in the series already, and come January, they're going to be 16. So Yasmin is always doing fun adventures, and I kind of uh, love writing her. But I also write books for older kids. I have two middle grade novels, A Place at the Table with my friend Laura Chauvin, and um, A Thousand Questions. That is my uh, only my own written novel. Um, I live in Texas, but I didn't live here all my life. I actually was born in Pakistan, which is a country in Asia. I grew up there. I went to school and college there, and I came to the U.S. as an adult. So I kind of have lived half my life in one place with one kind of traditions and culture, and the second half of my life is actually equal now, uh, the number of years I've spent in each country um, in the U.S. and raising first-generation kids here which makes me an immigrant. And I love talking about my identity because I know that so many of my readers share that with me. Um, Being an immigrant or being a first generation kid, um, a lot of you might have uh, a little bit of an idea about how me and my family live, even if we're from different cultures. And I love writing about that and discussing that in all my books. Yes, absolutely. Well, we are so thrilled to have you with us today. Uh, Writers who are listening, today we're going to talk about three things that writers do. We'll talk about how writers elaborate on their ideas, how they add details to describe inside their writing, and how they revise or how they change their stories to make them even stronger. So first, let's dive in and talk about getting ideas and then elaborating on them. So Sadia, can you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the seed idea for your Me As Mean series? It was a long time ago. Uh, I have two kids. My son is in high school and my daughter is in middle school right now. But when my daughter, who's in middle school, was actually just starting to read, I believe she might have been in kindergarten or maybe first grade at that time. Uh-huh. She had a big problem reading, not because um, of a reading issue, but because she just didn't like any books. She would look at a book and she would put it aside. And I was horrified because I yeah. didn't want to have a kid who didn't love reading as much as <laughs> I did. 
Um, and I kept asking her. And finally, she told me I don't like any of these books because none of the people in the books are like me. And I was totally shocked. I had not realized this. And um, she was right, though. When I went back and I did a lot of research on early readers specifically, there were there was there were no Muslim kids. There were no brown kids that were main characters. Mm-hmm. It was very, um, you know, very skewed towards one kind of child and one kind of family. And I guess my daughter was feeling that. It doesn't mean that every child has that problem. But for her, it was something that uh, she was not able to identify with. And it was harming her because she was not reading enough. And so I got the idea that if I write a story about a little girl who's just like my little girl with a family just like my family, a mama who's like me, wears a hijab, a family who's an immigrant family, speaks another language, eats foods that are different, wears clothes that are sometimes different, but they're still a regular American family. And the girl is just a regular kid doing regular things. I thought that would help my daughter. And um uh, that's why I got this idea. Um, Yasmin is actually inspired totally from my daughter. She looked like that when she was that age. She had the she has the same personality, <laughs> um, and I just I kind of you know stole her whole <laughs> life and put it in this book. But um, and I think that's how you get good ideas. And you don't have to have some fantastic idea. Sometimes it's just something that's right around you that you yeah. hear or you or you watch and you observe. And that gets to be the start of something really good. Yeah, absolutely. So can you talk us through a little bit more? Once you had your, maybe your seed idea of your character for Yasmin, who is just like your daughter, how have you then stretched that idea both into the single stories, but now you have 12 and almost 16 different Yasmin stories. How do you elaborate that idea into all the different adventures that she has in your books? It's been pretty easy. Not that coming up with ideas is easy. I often tell kids that the hardest part for me about being an author is coming up with good ideas, especially for a series, because you have to remain you know, rooted to what this character and her family is, but then also come up with new ideas. Uh, so that's de- definitely hard. But the way that we approach it um, I and my team, which includes, you know, it's, it's always a team effort. Writing is always a team effort. There's my illustrator. There's my editor, people who are working on this together. We we have this, uh, who Yasmin is, her personality doesn't change. Um, mm. And what the series is doing in terms of, you know, in a series, there's always a formula, which is easy for a series writer. You know what's going to happen in terms of, you know, the, the framework of it. And you just have to put new ideas in there. So in some ways, it is easier. Um, Yasmin always has a problem that a regular second grader would face. Mm-hmm. And she always fails. And then she uses her creativity and imagination to come up with some solution to her problem. And sometimes it's what no one else is expecting, um, including herself. But um, we have this, we have these boundaries, right? And we have, so I can think of a whole lot of different things that she would do or any child would do at that age um, and then fit it into that. Okay, usually it's two or three times when she tries something and fails. And then by the third time she might get it. So then it's easier to work when you have that thought out in your head. Um, so if you have that kind of idea when you're writing a story, you can really work around, have like a, almost like, um, the skeleton of something and then fill in, you know, the, the muscles and the the organs and everything else. So it becomes easier. 
So can I say that back to you? It sounds like a formula that you try out inside your stories, especially for the Yasmin books, is that she, one, has a problem, two, she tries to solve it but fails maybe two, maybe three times, and then three, she uses her creativity and her imagination and she comes up with a solution to the problem. Does that sound right? Yeah, and it's not a hard and fast rule in which it happens every time. But we try to often put that in. Most of the time it will happen like that. In some it doesn't, um, you know, but it's still that there's a problem or there's there's a, something that she can't figure out. It's always something new she's trying for the first time, um, which is, you know, and because that that is because second grade is a time when you're learning so much and you're trying new things. So it's very realistic. Um, it's not always that she tries three different things. But um, oftentimes it's, okay, here's the problem. How would a typical second grader fix it? And then try to put a few tries because nobody gets things further in the first try, right? Even I don't. I'm, I'm an adult and I still have to try things multiple times before I get it right. And that's the aim of the series. Um, you know, not giving up, learning that doing things for the first time or, or early on is hard, just giving mm-hmm. those kind of lessons. Yeah, absolutely. Leader. I would love to zoom in next and talk a little bit about how you add details to describe inside your writing. So I'd love to hear either for Yasmin or maybe even in my, um, you might have examples from your middle grade, but can one thing that teachers are often telling kids in their class is to add details or to show, not tell. Can you tell us a little bit about how you approach that in your own writing? Yes, it's different depending on, um, you know, the kind of book and the age group that you're writing for. For Yasmin, I can't do a lot of details because I have very little word count to work with. Um, the detail in that uh, in that series comes from the art. So, you know, even oh, though absolutely. my stories are very basic, she, this is how she's saying something or, you know, she walks in a room. We don't even say she walks in a room, but you will see from the art what the room looks like and you will see from the art what she's wearing or, you know, um, uh, there was one story in which she looks at her earrings and Yasmin, the chef, and yeah, that gives her the idea to make the kebab. Um, but um, but it's the art which kind of shows what that earring looked like and why she had that idea. So you don't have to use words as a writer. You can use, you know, art if it's a book that, that can include art or a story that can include art. I have more, uh, you know, space in my uh, middle grade and above novels than any writer does where you have more of a word count to do detailing. And then sometimes that's a good thing, but then sometimes that's a bad thing. <laughs> Because, oh, my gosh, now you have to actually do all the detailing, which is not oh. easy. Um, and that's what being a writer is all about. You know, you're not going to get up one day. First thing you ever write is going to be fantastic. So as over the years, you write more and more and you read more and more books, you learn how to add those details in ways that make it um, interesting, but also not, like you said, telling the reader a whole lot of stuff. Um, I'll give you some examples. For example, my um, my middle grade novel, A Place at the Table, uh, it has obviously a lot of details about sights and sounds. It's mm-hmm. a book set in Pakistan, which is a very different or, or a foreign, literally, um, setting for most of my American readers. And so it was important for me to bring that detail because I wanted my my readers to read a book 
and not feel like they have no clue what's going on. I wanted to make sure that I described the places that our characters were visiting and what it was like. So, you know, using senses, using mm-hmm. our, all our senses in our writing is really important. And I do that a lot. So since when I'm describing a scene, I'll describe, you know, what the character can see, but then also what the character can smell, what the character can feel, um, you know, with their hands. So a lot of that comes into it. And that way you can, you're, even though you're using words and technically it would be telling, not showing because it's written, but you can still make your reader feel that they're actually watching this happen. So using senses, using, you know, um, uh, little details that about characters. So uh, in a place at the table, Mimi has this. I always try to have all my characters have one weird thing, one quirk, you know, okay. something that's just them that's kind of dis- different from the average. Uh-huh. Um, in this case, my main character, Mimi, who's the American girl who's visiting Pakistan to visit her grandparents for the first time, uh, she's got the quirk that she always wears a different T-shirt with a funny, um, <laughs> funny slash not funny saying, right? It's funny, but it's also very corny. And sometimes you're going to roll your eyes at it. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't even remember why I got the idea to do that, but I did. And then it just, you know, then I was researching what would go in there. And it just became the uh-huh. thing that was interesting for me as a writer. Also, Yeah. Writer. Listeners, I'm laughing because um, these examples of Mimi's shirt over and over in the book just made me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, they are. And, you know, they're actual shirts you can buy probably <laughs> because then I had to do research. It's not my imagination. No, I'm going to have to Google them it. so I can see that. Because I'm funny. Um, you know, it's like she, the first scene in the book, she is in the airport and she's wearing this uh, t-shirt with a poop emoji. Uh And I was going to leave it at that, but I said, no, that's not weird enough. You know, it doesn't stand out. Poop emojis have become kind of common now. Uh But the emoji is, is holding its nose and saying what stinks. And, you know, either you get it or you don't get it. It doesn't really matter, but it's showing this character as a, as a, a real person because every real person has some things about them that are strange, you know, that other people go like, what? <laughs> what are you doing that for? So that's how you can do a lot of detailing in your characters and your scenes. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we can all try out in our writing. I love it. Um, so the third thing I'd love to hear you talk about is um, how revision works for you in your writing. Do you write your stories perfect on the first try? Who does that? I don't know anyone who does that. Or if anyone's doing that, they need to change that because it's not really perfect. I always tell people the first draft is never meant to be shown to anybody. Um, it's the first draft is there to put your thoughts on paper. And when we put our thoughts on paper, even what, even something that we think is perfect in our mind is not going to come out perfect because you're translating an idea into actual words. Um, Mm -hmm. And I never do that. And, you know, it's not because I don't think I'm a good writer. I always think that my first drafts are pretty amazing. So I have to tell myself I've learned this over (laughs) the years, you know, where, um, no, just wait, do a little bit of, you know, read it again, try to improve it. So with everything I write, whether it's a short, you know, few page yes mean story or it's a big middle grade novel, more than 300 pages, it's, it goes through a lot of revisions, you know, two, three, four times. And they might not be huge revisions. You know, sometimes there'll be a revision 
which uh, for me changes the whole story. But that's rare because I'm the kind of writer who does like to have really good first drafts. So when I write my book for the first time, I, I try to do a lot of research beforehand. I have I do a lot of plotting. There are mm-hmm. other writers who don't plot as much. They just want to write and then rewrite. And that's fine. That works for them. As a writer, you have to find out what works for you. And you're not going to find that out until you've written a few things. So, you know, uh, for me, I, I do chapter summaries first. Um, you know, I'll have every single chapter of my book written out in like a two or three line summary. I'll yeah. have detailed descriptions of each of my characters. I know exactly what my story is going to do. And that takes a long time, obviously. Yeah. And then I sit down to write. So when I sit down to write, my first draft is pretty good. But yeah. I still do revisions. I still do revisions. But then there are other writers who just start writing. And that's mm-hmm. fine. It works with them. And then they do a first draft and they do a second draft and a third draft and whatever works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing that writers can be all different kinds of ways. And the best way to figure out what kind of writer you are is to try some different things out and see what works. Yes. And but don't 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 turn in the first draft of anything. That is <laughs> not a good idea. Oh, one other thing um, that I was wondering about before we chatted is I often have kids in my class who love to work on writing stories together. And I know that is something that you did with your partner author um, in A Place at the Table. Can you tell us just a little bit about how that process worked for you and Laura? Yes. And actually, I I do agree with you that a lot of kids like doing that. My daughter and her best friend in second grade and third grade, they wrote this whole series together. And at that time, I had not started writing with Laura Chauvin, my my friend and co-author. And I would be like, why are you doing this? I would ask my daughter, what is the fun of writing a story with someone else? It's definitely challenging because then you have to give up control. You're not the only person who gets to decide. You have to take the other person's ideas into consideration. So it's definitely something that you have to be, um, you know, a good enough person and, and strong enough and okay enough to do that. Um, it was, it was very interesting working with Laura. We decided, um, you know, a few years ago to write a book together because she had an idea of writing an immigration story, but she also realized that uh, in our country and in a lot of countries, uh, immigration is more is tied to more about uh, people of color and um, she being white and her immigrant story being from Britain. Her mom was English. Uh, mm-hmm. She didn't want to take over that narrative because it didn't relate to most people in our country. And so we decided to write about immigration from different perspectives. And um, it was challenging in some ways working with her or any writer for me because I'm a kind of a control freak. I am. <laughs> I, it's very hard for me to even like share my food with someone else, you know, and now I'm sharing this book, which is oh, but, yeah. <laughs> for a writer is your baby with another person. Mm. Um but I learned so much from her and I learned to give up that control. I learned that working with somebody on a product or anything you do together, um, you know, the end result is going to be so much better because you have two people whose ideas and if you do it well, it's going to be better than just working alone. And so I learned that I learned how to work with another person, um, which has never been my strong suit. So I think that I gained a lot of skills by um, working with her and um, she is an amazing writer, so I learned, you know, about a lot about craft. I think that for anybody who's thinking of working on a book or any project together with another person, 
they really have to think carefully about choosing the right person. You know, make sure that it's somebody that you get along with. Make sure that you talk ahead of time about what you're going to each bring to it, not start a project and then end up fighting. Um, and then uh, make sure that your friendship doesn't suffer. Laura and I did a lot of work on, you know, whenever we would have an argument over what was going on in the book, we would make sure that we were okay with it, you know, personally, because we didn't want yeah. to spoil our friendship. Um, and sometimes that happens when with kids, especially if you all are working with someone and then you end up fighting because you didn't like how the other person was working with you and then your friendship's gone. So don't do that. You know, think carefully about that. Wonderful. Well, before we wind up our craft talk, I've been closing each craft episode with a quick speed round of three questions. Ooh. Are you up for it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should say yes until I know the question. <laughs> All right. Let's give it a try. First question. Can you name three different feelings that you experience while writing? Ooh, three different feelings. I definitely feel excited when I'm writing something, especially something new. I um, often feel very driven or passionate. You know, a lot of times I don't want anyone even talking to me for, you know, days. So <laughs> don't disturb me. I'm really focused on this. And I think a little bit of also nervousness, because whenever you're writing something, you don't know how other the people, your reader is going to react. So it's definitely mm -hmm. a mix of all of those. And do you have a regular writing spot? If so, where do you do your writing? Yes, I do. Um, I've always had a space in my house, um, you know, just my my desk and my computer and all my things. And with the pandemic, it's actually become better because uh, with all of us working at home, my husband, me, my kids, we had to make sure that there was actually a space for us, uh, each of us. So we converted our guest bedroom into an office that I share with my husband now. So it's a very big table L-shaped with his space and my space. And um, I can finally close the door. So it's become better over time. When I first started out, it was the kitchen table, which was not a good place to be writing. Um, and I put a lot of my own books around me because it inspires me. There's a big cardboard cutout of Yasmin sitting <laughs> either behind me or in front of me. And she... Um, I like looking at my own, you know, what I've done in the past to kind of just motivate me and keep me pressing on. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Um, now, you do most of your writing at your desk in your office now, but what are some of the places other than your writing spot where you find yourself also thinking about your writing? Oh, my gosh. I'm always thinking about my writing. Um I think the true mark of a writer is that you're always thinking of ideas because literally it's just being a very imaginative person and then putting your imagination on paper. So whether I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving, mm -hmm. uh, I love driving and uh, I love driving alone. So <clears throat> oftentimes I'll just, I don't actually have any place to go, but just to get out of the house, I'll take my car and um, just drive for about, you know, 35 minutes, an hour. And I'm thinking a lot during that time. So just any piece of place of peace and quiet works. But for me, being on the road and just, you know, being moving is, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of authors mentioned things that involve movement as times when they're getting their ideas. That's really cool. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I walk a lot and I, you know, I will think when I walk 
So don't need my anything uh, in my headphones, just my thoughts. Before we go, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you online, both to learn about your work and to connect with you? Yes, my website has all the latest information about my books coming up. I have a lot of books coming up uh, in the years, uh, you know, in the future, next year and the year after that. So keep watching for those. If any of you are also on social media or allowed to be on social media, I am always, I'm most of the time on either Instagram or Twitter. So, uh, and everywhere, it's just my full name. So as long as you, as you spell it correctly, um, just you can find me on my website, sadiafaruki.com or on social media. Perfect. And I will put links to all of those places in the show notes. So if you're listening and want to find Sadia online, uh, you can click the links in the show notes. Yeah. Sadia, thank you so much for joining us to talk writing today. Oh, it was so much fun. I loved your questions. To support the show, please subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and share the show on social media, especially taking a screenshot and sharing on your Instagram stories and tag me so I can see it. You can connect with me, Chrissy Wright, on Instagram and Twitter at Chrissy M. Wright and follow the podcast on Instagram at Author Visits Pod. I can't wait to learn with you and happy writing.